Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So here's a fun one. In this video, we're going to get really deep with Anakin Skywalker, and I'm going to prove to you from my point of view. From a certain point of view. We're going to talk about how, from my point of view. A certain point of view. Anakin Skywalker shouldn't have been blamed for everything that happened. Now, let, let me just say this, preface this. He did horrible, atrocious, evil things. And that was the point to show what the dark side does and what selling your soul does. And that's exactly what he did. Now, let's get into the nitty gritties. Okay. Anakin Skywalker, born a slave, then born... Originally in Legends, he was born literally into slavery, and he was a slave to the Huts. Watto then bought him and Shmi Skywalker, his mother, as his own slave. My mom and I were sold to Gardula the Hut, but she lost us betting on the pod races. Anakin worked for Watto until he was nine years old as a slave, along with his mom, doing all the dirty work, doing whatever Watto needed him to do since he was a little baby. And this is why he was so smart and proficient with building droids and this and that, and of course the fact that he had the Force. He has special powers. He can see things before they happen. That's why he appears to have such quick reflexes. It's a Jedi trait. The one thing he enjoyed was pod racing. When Qui-Gon came along, he found Anakin, and this was his only chance to kind of get out of that life. He takes Anakin, sends him out to the Jedi Temple. Anakin leaves his mother, the only person he has been with, been close with, known only family he has through all of that turmoil you know it's one thing to have like just one parent it's another thing to have one parent in a good household in a good life in a good society it's a completely different thing to be a slave with your one parent in a completely horrible society with crime lords that treat you like slaves your whole entire life on a crime-ridden planet of scum and villainy that was anakin's life so his association with sand was that life, was slavery, was his mother's slavery, was just being treated horribly. So, there's that. This whole time while he's a Jedi, which he wants to get away as much as he can, he's wondering, where is his mom? How is his mom? He does never talk to her. He never checks up on her. He never goes back and sees her, never writes to her. Nothing. Attachments are forbidden. You gotta let him go. You gotta just completely pretend your mom doesn't exist. Horrible, right? So, Anakin is growing up these 10 years into episode two, where he's 19. And this whole time, he's wondering about his mom, 
He's wondering, I mean, <laughs> I can't even imagine what was going through his mind, the amount of pain that was going through. And he has to focus and he has to learn to not only let go of his attachments, but just to forget about his attachment to his mother, right? And you know that she's not having a good life. You know she's still a slave to Watto. She's still a slave to the huts or whoever, really, on that planet. Who knows what's going on? He doesn't know. And he's having dreams of her and premonitions of her dying, slavery, tortured, whatever, living a horrible life alone. One of Anakin's biggest powers, his biggest power, which is known, was the ability to see into the future and for visions. And so everything he saw, he knew was happening. He knew was coming true. So for him, this was very real, and he could feel them. This is why in episode two, we see the dreams and all that stuff. He has the dreams and nightmares of his mom. Then, of course, in three, nightmares of Padme. These are all premonitions of the Force telling him what's going to happen. So you have that. The Jedi do nothing to actually help this boy. They say things like, be mindful of your thoughts. Be mindful of your thoughts, Anakin. They betray you. Be mindful of the living force. Be mindful of the living force, young Padawan. All of this crap that doesn't help him at all with his very special condition since he was a slave until he was nine years old. The Jedi would just take babies that were Force-sensitive so they don't even have any recollection of their family. So for Anakin, it was extremely difficult to go in there already with, you know, not even coming from a great home or a comfortable life. He knew poverty. He knew slavery. He knew being beaten if you say the wrong thing or this. The boy was extremely trauma. You want to talk about trauma? That kid had trauma. So when it came to him actually learning to be a Jedi, he did extremely well, especially for a little boy, a little kid. So that's one thing. Let's take the only father figure that he ever was going to have, Qui-Gon Jinn, who he immediately connected with, who saved him, dies. The only chance he has at another family, at having a father in the first place, gone, dies. Now he's got this Jedi who doesn't even want him. He knows Obi-Wan doesn't want him. Obi-Wan never wanted him. He wasn't really all that nice to him. You know, even behind his back, he's like, why do I feel like we've picked up another pathetic life form? Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? To a kid. Obi-Wan wasn't that great. The negotiator. The negotiator. General Kenobi. Definitely had a long ways to go until episode two. Until episode three to be the negotiator, okay? So there's that. Anakin gets dogged on by Mace Windu. Whether or not he is the chosen one is still to be determined. I don't think the boy can handle it. I don't trust him. The Jedi Temple, the Jedi Masters. But he is reckless with his gifts. To walk the path of the Jedi, one spirit must be strong. That requires discipline. And he has often disobeyed you, has he not, Master Kenobi? All the while, students are picking on him in the comics and the books. All the while, they're calling him the Chosen One. So you can see this kid's mind is being so played with, torn this way, pulled that way, pushed this. He doesn't even know what's up from down and what's down from up. Then you got Palpatine, who is like potentially the only father figure ever to him, maybe uncle figure, grandfather figure to him. Let's say uncle figure, who is always there to listen to him, never to bark orders, never to tell him what to do, but to always comfort him. That, that male figure in his life where he feels comfortable to confide in. And he never pressures him. He never pushes him to do things he doesn't want to do like the Jedi force him to do. Be mindful of your thoughts. Don't think about your mom dying. Don't think about your mom in slavery. We're not going to contact her. We're not going to help her. Nothing. 
Yet Palpatine listens to Anakin. He's there for him. He understands him. He, he empathizes with Anakin instead of just thwarting him away. This builds trust. This builds bond. Fast forward, Anakin is becoming a very, very talented Jedi Knight, you know, through his Padawanhood. Falls in love with Padme. Again, seeing her after 10 years. He's now given the duty of protecting her. He's the big man on campus, and this is his moment to shine. The chosen one, they say. Well, how about you treat me like it? No, everyone still treats him like crap. Even Padme's security, <laughs> even Padme's, Padme's, uh, even the people on Naboo that Padme is speaking with, the political officials, are literally giving Anakin respect, but then Padme won't even give him respect. What is your suggestion, Master Jedi? Where she says, oh, don't worry about him, he's just still a Jedi Padawan. Oh, Anakin's not a Jedi yet. He's still a Padawan learner. But I was thinking... Hold on a minute. Excuse me. Like, excuse me, my lady. I'm in charge of security here. Excuse me. I'm in charge of security here, my lady. Yeah. And she's like, and this is my home, and I know it very well. And this is my home. I know it very well. That is why we're here. And he gets put in place right there, and it's like, Anakin's constantly being tested. And he's constantly being shut up and put in his place since he was a kid. Whether by the Huts, by Wado, by the Jedi, by Padme, it doesn't matter. And then by Sidious. The guy has had probably the worst, most tragic life ever. Okay? Then you have episode three roll around. You know, now he's got one arm. Okay? He is now pretty much at the height of his power at that time. Like, more powerful than anybody in the Jedi Temple. Thinks he's the most powerful one. Thinks he's entitled to everything. He is literally winning battlefield after battlefield for the Jedi, for the Clone Wars. And he is top dog. He is MVP. He is literally so respected and the chosen one. Yet, what happens? He has visions of his wife dying. Oh my gosh. After his mom dies in Episode 2, he vows to be able to save her, blames the Jedi for not being able to give him the training that he needs, that he deserves, that he's capable of, as the Chosen One, to have saved his mother. He knew that he could save her. He knew he was powerful enough. He knew he was able to do it. He was capable. Why couldn't I save her? I know I could have. So why didn't they train him? They're holding him back. They're jealous of him. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. And so now the ego starts to build. Now the paranoia starts to build. But is it really paranoia? So for Anakin, he now has this hidden seed of resentment, which is slowly growing. And it's growing more and more by the day as he becomes more powerful, as he confides more in Palpatine, and as the Jedi continue to deny him the respect that he deserves. So he has these dreams, these dreams about Padme dying, about his wife. The only thing he has left in his life. His mom's gone. He failed, in his mind. And to be honest, he had dreams of her dying way before, and he could have saved her. Even if he was a day early, he could have probably saved her and helped her. But the Jedi wouldn't have it. Of course he blames them. It's their fault. Then there's Padme, and he's not going to make the same mistake again. He needs to double down on his efforts and make sure that he saves her in the nick of time. Otherwise, she's going to die and he's going to have nobody, nothing. They're both going to be dead and it's going to be his fault and that's the way he sees it. So for him, it's kind of a, a race against the clock. And at this point, how is he going to save Padme? What are the abilities that he needs to unlock these powers? How does he do it? The Jedi 
obviously can teach him certain things, but they're not. So what does he want? He wants access to the restricted section, which you can only get into if you are a Jedi Master. So he wants to be a Master. They already call him Master anyways. He is the Master of a Padawan, Ahsoka Tano. So it's only fitting, and he's on the Council. So it's only fitting that he should be also granted the rank of Master, so he gets access to the restricted section. What does Mace Windu do, who never liked him anyways? You're on this council. We would not grant you the rank of Master. You're on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of Master. What? What? Right then and there, boom. Sorry, pal. You ain't gonna save your wife. It's over. And so in that moment, he realizes that, and he's, he's starting to twitch. He's had enough. So, the Jedi won't help him. They won't tell him how to save his wife. He speaks to Yoda about it. Let go of attachments. Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Mourn them, do not. Miss them, do not. What the heck is he supposed to do here? They aren't giving him any sort of leeway. So... Palpatine. He starts to talk about the story of Darth Plagueis, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, and how he was able to save the ones he loved from dying, save people from death, immortality. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. His obsession now had an answer. It wasn't the Jedi. It was a Sith legend. But the Sith, they're evil, they're bad. But how could they be so bad if they're able to save the ones they love from dying? Can't be so bad. What if I could just use this power and still be a Jedi? After all, it is the Force, isn't it? After all, I am the Chosen One. I'm so powerful that I don't need to be a Jedi or Sith. I could just use the Force. And I can still do good. The Sith have no hold on me. The Dark Side has no hold on me. I control my destiny. So Anakin becomes very intrigued. And so he wants to learn more about the Darth Plagueis. So what happens? He starts to believe that Palpatine has the answers he needs. Right? He trusts him. After all those years, this is the guy he confided in, that listened to him, that never steered him wrong, that never pushed him to do anything. Kind of the only family member that he had. Not like Obi-Wan, who held him back and was jealous. He's jealous! 
He's holding me back. So he starts to now confide more in Palpatine, telling him that the Jedi don't trust him. They're, telling, they're not telling him things about the Force that he knows exist. I know there are things about the Force that they're not telling me. So, when it comes down to it, he finally learns that Palpatine is the Sith Lord. Are you going to kill me? I would certainly like to. And he doesn't kill him right then and there because he knows that Palpatine holds the one thing that he needs to maybe even bring his mom back. Who knows if he can resurrect the dead. But to save Padme. And to not live the same mistake that he made with his mom. Trusting the Jedi. And not having the ability to actually save his mother and the power to save his mother. So, what does he do? He leaves and he goes and turns Palpatine in to the Jedi Council. And he tells Mace Windu. Very admirable. I think Chancellor Palpatine is a Sith Lord. A Sith Lord? Yes, the one we've been looking for. Tells Mace Windu Mace Windu is going to go kill him with Aegon Kolar. Kit Fisto, and Saisy Tin. Anakin stays in the Jedi Temple, in the Jedi Temple Chambers, the Council Chambers, and he's thinking about all of the things that Palpatine was saying, and he's coming up with these different ideas in his head, that if Palpatine dies, if the Jedi kill him, then he will forever also lose Padme. So now he creates the link in his mind where Padme and Palpatine are one. If Padme goes... That's because he didn't trust Palpatine. He didn't allow Palpatine to survive. He didn't keep Palpatine alive to learn from him. If Palpatine goes, then Padme is surely dead. There is no chance of saving her because the only thing that can save her is the one thing that he knows can resurrect or keep those he loves from dying, which is the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, a Sith legend, which Palpatine knows so well. And Palpatine is a Sith Lord. Forget the fact that Palpatine is, you know, the one behind all of the assassinations of Padme this whole time, behind the war, behind the Separatists, behind him losing his hand, everything, okay? Forget that. He doesn't even care. He acknowledges all of it. He acknowledges all of it, and he does so at the end of Revenge of the Sith when he says, I, I can overthrow him. I am more powerful than the Chancellor. I, I can overthrow him. I'm more powerful than the Chancellor. And he knows in that moment. He knows that the Chancellor is bad. But these are his new powers that he needs to unlock. So... Against Mace Windu's wishes, he goes to Palpatine's office and Palpatine perfectly sets it up like he is back to the wall. Anakin, please help me. I told you it would come to this. The Jedi are taking over. Anakin, I told you it would come to this. I was right. The Jedi are taking over. And Anakin already had this resentment, right? His mom died. They're jealous of him. They're holding him back. Qui-Gon died. Obi-Wan didn't want him. Mace Windu never granted him the rank of master. He's been a slave his whole life. Now he's going to possibly be free. He sees them as oppression, like he did Watto and the Huts. So for Anakin, this is a split-second moment where if he doesn't act fast, Padme will die. So... In that split second, his soul took over, his heart took over, his desperation took over, his stupidity took over, and he cut off the hand of Mace Windu. No! But he didn't slice him in half, he didn't cut his head off, he could have, but he cut his hand off because he wanted pa Palpatine, because he wanted Palpatine to go to trial. If Palpatine went to trial, he would still be able to get the information out of him, fish it out of him, siphon it out of him. How to save Padme. How to save the ones he loves from dying. You know, he could maybe barter a deal. Hey, you tell me this information, and I'll get you out of here. 
Maysoon just said he's in control of the Senate and the courts. He's too dangerous to be left alive. He has control of the Senate and the courts. He's too dangerous to be left alive. So the only option was, well, if Mace Windu isn't going to listen, and he's not going to do the admirable thing by just arresting the guy, then if he kills Palpatine, Padme's dead. So might as well we replace, in Anakin's mind, Palpatine with Padme right in that moment. Might as well have Mace Windu swinging down with his purple lightsaber at Padme's head. Literally, right then and there. So, of course, he's going to cut his hand off in that split moment. You know, he's not thinking. And that's that. Then he becomes Darth Vader. Then he is on this path of destruction to unlock the powers in order to kill Padme. What does Sidious tell him? To cheat death is a power only one has done before. To cheat death is a power only one has achieved. But if we work together, I know we can discover the secret. And if we work together we may be able to uncover its secrets. Because right there he doesn't even fully know. But he's telling Anakin the only way to unlock these powers and abilities is to do the most atrocious, evil, horrible things that you could possibly think of. The younglings, the Jedi Temple, burning it down, betraying your friends, all of them. Wipe them out. They oppressed you anyways. They didn't care about you anyways. But in order to unlock these abilities, you need to do things that are so unforgivable that your soul will turn black. And, you know, figuratively speaking. And therefore, by doing these actions, you will then unlock the powers to save your wife. So he does all of that. He goes on Mustafar. He's crying for the things that he's done, for the difference now that he has turned into from the little boy that he once was, once dreamed to be a Jedi. That little boy in Tatooine is now someone completely different who's literally slaughtering the younglings, <laughs> which he used to be like. Then it's the Nemoidians, and he slaughters the Nemoidians, all that stuff. And then he sees Padme's ship. All of a sudden, the Sith eyes go away. He's there, sees her. She says, come away, run, with, run away with me, and we'll go to Naboo, we'll raise our baby. And he's like, don't you see? We don't have to run anymore. Come away with me. Help me raise our child. Leave everything else behind while we still can. Don't you see? We don't have to run away anymore. And now the ego is coming in. And now the psychotic mind is coming in where Anakin has the power that he needs and he has overinflated his already extremely large ego, which is the Jedi's fault to begin with. Let's not forget, they've been pumping him this whole time. You're the chosen one. Yes, Master Skywalker. And he wins battles like no other. And he's more powerful than everybody in the Jedi Temple. And he's more powerful than his own masters. So it's like, wouldn't you feel the same way? And you're, you're freaking you're married to Padme. I mean, what the hell? Like, okay, come on. So there's all of these things, all of these underlying things that people don't understand with Anakin. When he sees Obi-Wan, who he holds immense resentment towards anyways, in Padme's ship, he sees him as the last line of defense that has turned Padme against him. This is the guy who already killed his mom, essentially, by being jealous and holding him back. And now he wants to do the same thing with his wife. The rage freaking explodes. He's ready to kill. He hates him at this point. Why could you not have died and Qui-Gon have lived? Why did you hold me back? Why did you refute and ignore all of my complaints and all of my worries and concerns about my mother dying? And sure enough, she died. 
I had to bury her. So it's all of these things adding up for Anakin, and he sees it. And in that moment, standing in the doorway, like a freaking light bulb, man, just something switches in him, and it's Darth Vader. Still in that moment, I don't think he was fully committed to the dark side because his eyes were blue. They weren't Sith. If they were Sith, I think Obi-Wan would have died way, way quicker. Anakin would have been too fast, too powerful. It would have been game over. Right? There was a reason why his eyes turned that Sith yellow when he was against the, after the Nemoidians because he had done such horrible things, pure hatred. But against Obi-Wan, I still think there was a little bit of love and care in there, and he was conflicted. And I think that's one of the reasons why he lost because he was doing stupid things. He was ego. So when he finally goes to the high ground... Anakin was trying to beat Obi-Wan the same way Obi-Wan beat Darth Maul, jumping over him, stated in the books, in the comics. And sort of as like a, hey, I'm better than you type of thing. I'm going to use your own move and beat you at it. Nope. Didn't work. His ego got the best of him. He lost. He became a fraction of what he once was, what he could have been. And then only to be reduced to this cyborg living in misery who can barely breathe, barely sleep, every day has to be scrubbed of necrotic flesh by droids, only to be eventually potentially replaced by his son, the only connection he has left to his wife, his dead wife, which connects him to his past, which connects him to Anakin, which eventually brings him back. Coming full circle, he realizes that he was wrong, that Luke was right, that Leia was right. You are right about me. Tell your sister... You were right. And that hate was wrong. And his actions were wrong. And he did all of it in vain. He did all of it for control. He did all of it to not lose Padme. Not necessarily for Padme. Padme would have died to not have the Jedi be erased and the galaxy turn into what it uh, turned into the Galactic Empire. He did it for his own selfish reasons to keep Padme around for him. And so therein lies the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker of Darth Vader. So... If you made it to the end of this video, leave a comment. It's a long one. It's 20-something minutes probably, around there. Let me know. Does it make a little bit more sense now? Do Anakin's actions, not justifiable, but do you understand them from a psychology standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, do you understand why Anakin did the things that he did? I truly believe this video will go into major depths and help you to kind of see things from Anakin's point of view that he wasn't necessarily evil, he was just desperate. He was just egotistical. And above all, he didn't get the mental help that he deserved, that he needed from the Jedi. He was just a lost little boy who was kind of told to shut up and do as he was told. And that's what he was done. That's what he was forced to do his entire life. With the Huts, with Watto, with the Jedi, with Sidious. And then he finally died and he lost everything. But he was succeeded by his son. It's a beautiful story. Beautiful story of Anakin, Darth Vader, and Star Wars in general is an extremely beautiful story. And it tells you the theme, mainly what I took from it as a kid, is that it doesn't matter how you start out. It matters in the end what you become. And forget all of what Anakin did. He, in the end, reverted back to the light side. He saw his wrongdoings. And it showed me that it's never, ever, ever too late to change your ways, become who you are destined to become, become a better person, to end the villain arc, the destructive arc, the bullshit arc, and to become someone better. Uh, at the end of the day, is all that matters in this life. 
Star Wars is a very, very poetic story. It's a very good story. Again, it's like poetry, it's sort of they rhyme. And I truly believe that Anakin wasn't justified to do the things he did, but I do believe that there is some understandability in the things that he did from his point of view, from his lack of, well, to be honest, just needing a hug, you know, needing a father figure. And that was extremely important to him. Let me know what you think about this. Do you think Anakin served the treatment that he got from the Jedi? Do you think he was absolutely insane and a horrible person? Or do you think he was just a victim of slavery, of mental health issues, of not being cared for and not getting the treatment that he needed? He's a special case. But in the end, he turned it all around after <laughs> a lifetime of destruction and hate and evil doings. Yeah, it's never too late to right your wrongs, so... Hope you enjoyed this video and my thoughts on it. Let me know if you want me to do any more of these deep dives. And uh, I can do so with some other characters. Maybe let me know in the comments. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And may the Force be with you always.